by the power of the Holy Spirit. For those of you that don't know, for about 20 years, I was in a quartet called Three Men and a Melody. And just to dispel any questions, I was the melody. In Barbershop, the melody is the lead, or the lead carries the melody. And so Three Men and a Melody. And we became fairly well known in Barbershop circles. And we had the opportunity to travel all over the world singing. And it was tons of fun being able to hang out with uh, three of your best buddies, make people laugh, to make people cry, and just to get people in touch with the joy of music, to bring joy to people. And But each year, the barbershop world holds two international competitions, one for men and one for women. We have several uh, sweet Adelines, is what we call women barbershoppers, and we have several in our congregation. Um, I'll never forget the first year that three men qualified to go to international. It was in 2001. And first of all, it is huge to even qualify to uh, go to international. And it is literally international. Um, There's Japanese quartets. There's uh, New Zealand quartets. There's, I mean, it's from literally all over the world, which is really cool. Um, and just an aside, I was never forget I was riding up, you know, uh, riding up an elevator. It was behind uh, the auditorium and um, I was in with this Japanese guy in the elevator. And of course, I am totally I'm thinking, number one, I can't speak Japanese. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of was in my own mind singing and, and to myself. And and uh, he said, are you the lead? You know, and you can imagine how Japanese would, would speak in broken English. And he asked if I was the lead of Three Men and a Melody. And uh, I said, yes. And first of all, I was blown away that someone in Japan would know. <laughs> but then he says, aren't you a preacher? You've got to be good no matter where you go, right? <laughs> but uh, we liked our families with us, especially on international trips. And so it was quite a scene in the airport. Now, I'm just going to try to paint a picture for you, okay? Paul was five. David was about one and a half. And Stephen was seven months when we went to our first international. Now, add on to this mental picture in the uh, airport the three other families and who were all younger families than ours, okay? When the quartet got together, they were three bachelors, right? And so, um, uh, so we had all of our suitcases and all the baby stuff, right? So just think about that in your mind. Just Jamie and me with the three boys. Uh, Stephen, I believe, was still in his carrier and then all that, all that comes with it, right? So both of us were loaded down, but I had bags hanging all over me. I mean, literally, I had a, one bag around my neck hanging off this way, another bag around my neck hanging off this way. I may have even had one on my back. I don't know. I was pulling one. Uh, you can just picture that in, in your mind. Now, if you can imagine, because of that, you know... I was out to here with bags. So am I helping you paint this picture in your mind? Now, have 
any of you ever been in an airport? I call them escalators. I don't know what their real name is, but they go like two blocks and they just take you fast. Not up. They just go really fast like that, right? So, so if you can, uh, imagine, you know, of course, Paul was extremely excited to see that being five years old. And inside, I was very excited to see that as well, <laughs> carrying the suitcases and everything. But when I got there, I was too wide to fit. Well, Jamie and the boys were already on it, right? So here I am waddling along beside this escalator for two blocks or whatever it was. It seemed like an eternity. And, and so, you know, and then what they do is they have a little break so you can exit. And then they have another one that goes however much far, you know. So they could have three or four of those in a row so that you can get quickly to um, where your airplane is. Well, so do I, am I painting a picture for you here? So here I am. I am doing my best to keep up with them. And they're standing there going. <whistles> and I'm just trying to walk along beside to keep up. Well, like I said, uh, Paul was having a blast, but I was sweating. I was sore. And I don't know about you all, but whenever I uh, carry bags and stuff, it puts bruises on my neck. It, like when my skin folds, or I don't know what it is, but it, it causes bruises. So I had bruises all around my neck from carrying the bag, just skin stuff. But uh, uh, So I was sweating and sore, and I was getting tired fast. And by the time we got to the gate, they were excited, and they could just go on even further. And I was, uh, my shoulders were sore from the bags. I needed a shower from sweating so bad. I was frustrated. I was exhausted. And I was annoyed and international hadn't even started yet. So why am I telling you this? And what in the world does it have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, if you think about this, Jamie and the boys represent followers of Jesus in this story. They were on that escalator just whizzing on down the pike, right? Having a blast. All they had to worry about is when they should get off. Well, here I am. And I represent a fan of Jesus. A fan who tries to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit's power. Who ends up doing everything on their own with no help. You see, when we are fans and we try to follow Jesus without being filled daily with the Spirit, we find ourselves frustrated by our failures and exhausted by our efforts. Has anyone been there? Fans trying to follow without being filled with the Holy Spirit become overwhelmed by life circumstances like me in the airport. They seem to be following Christ, but when something goes wrong and they don't have the power to overcome it, they do not have the power to overcome it, 
And instead of following Christ and sticking close to him in the storm, like, you know, in the story, Jamie and the boys riding on that nice ride, they become discouraged. They keep their distance. They say things like, oh, I'm sure the roof will fall in when I walk in that church. Through the last several weeks, we've seen that when people were fans of Jesus, they would go back to their old lives. They, you know, the show is over, right? You know, Jesus isn't going to feed them anymore, right? No healings today. Why in the world would we want to follow Jesus? But when it comes to followers, Jesus puts his efforts into their lives. Now, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus said this, talking to his disciples and other followers, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. Now, when he had said this, and as they were watching, and he was being lifted up by that cloud and disappeared out of sight, think about this from the disciples' perspective. So, Jesus had just disappeared out of sight, and they're standing there, and it suddenly becomes real quiet. And I can just imagine them looking at each other like, now what? Right? I mean, think about it. It's one thing to follow Jesus when He's right here in the flesh. Leading us on, you know, if they faced a storm, He was there to calm it, right? If they were hungry, He was there to provide Food, if they were confused, he would help them understand. But as they watched him disappear into the clouds, how could they follow him here on earth? What are they to do next? I mean, after all, they're, they're uneducated. They have no income. Uh, you know, how, how do they follow Jesus without him being there to lead? Now, remember, what did verse 8 say? Verse 8 said that you will receive, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Something really interesting happens in Scripture. And I don't know, maybe um, you've heard this before. Um, I had actually never put this thought together. Um, As you read the Old Testament, the Bible speaks of God being with humanity. All right, Eric, no big deal, right? God being with, well, think about it. God was with Abraham. God was with Joseph. God was with Elisha. But this stops in Acts and the rest of the New Testament. I thought, this is kind of crazy, right? If there's any time before, this God is with us more now than ever, right? But then um, I came to a realization through reading some different books. In the Old Testament, it says, God with us. But in the New Testament, it says, God in us. 
Have you ever thought about that before? In John 16, verse 7, Jesus tells us that it is to our advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But Jesus said, if I do go, I will send him to you. You see, Jesus could be with his followers, but the Holy Spirit could live in his followers. If you paid attention while reading your Bibles in the past, I hope you do now, but in Acts 1, Jesus promises His followers that they would receive power from the Holy Spirit, and then the rest of Acts is a historical account of how that was carried out. What it looked like to have power from the Holy Spirit in your life. It was, again, a historical accounting of what God can do with Spirit-filled followers. In our scripture for today, two of Jesus' closest followers, Peter and John, were brought before the spiritual leaders. These leaders cannot figure out why these followers um, of Jesus were making such a difference in the community. After all, they don't have the right theological training or the right religious credentials. Uh, As far as that's concerned, they're uneducated. Most of them are fishermen. The leaders are trying to figure out how such ordinary men are doing such extraordinary things. And they ask Peter and John, by what power or by what name did you do these things? And our scripture for today says this. Then Peter, what is that that I highlighted there? Okay, now let's get everybody on board. Then Peter... I don't think everybody got it yet. So then Peter said to them. So right off the bat, if we're reading the book of Acts up until now, we understand that Peter has the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just by those five words filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you. Now, folks, this is a fisherman talking. I mean, today, I would be happy to be called a fisherman, but what I mean is this was all Peter knew. This was his family, possibly for generations. And the only thing that separates this man, Peter, from others of his family or of his clan is that he spent three years walking this earth with Jesus. And he's speaking with this power and authority in front of these educated, remember the people that are the best of the best of the best. Remember, I've said that before. Pharisees and Sadducees, they're the best of the best of the best, right? As a matter of fact, Sadducees, they have been the best. Their families have been the best of the best of the best for years. Why they're Sadducees? I mean, Pharisees had to earn their way, right? But Sadducees, they're the best of the best of the best because they are the best of the best of the best. 
And here's Peter, this fisherman, that stood up and said, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected, what? (laughs) By you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Now when they had said, uh, excuse me, but when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Hallelujah. Given among mortals by which... Excuse me, did I go backwards? Oh, I must have left something in there. They had nothing to say in opposition. Right? They were filled, Peter and John were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And these ordinary, unschooled followers of Jesus changed the world. We really don't understand what the world would be like without them. We have no concept of what this world would be like without these disciples. In Romans 8, 11, you want to write it down. Paul illustrates how powerful the Holy Spirit would like to be in our lives. This is what Romans 8:11 says. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now, are you are you with me? The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Where? When you become a Christian, you receive from God the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is His promise to all who put their faith in Him. So it's not a question of whether or not you have access to this power of the Holy Spirit. The real question is, have you accessed it? Have you? Last week I posted on Facebook and and uh, ask people to finish this sentence. By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all I said. And through direct response and through messages, here are some examples that I received. By the, Holy, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am redeemed. By the power of the Holy Spirit, my blemishes are made beautiful. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) By the power of the Holy Spirit, I am free. 
By the power of the Holy Spirit, I have eternal life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are healed. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I overcame drug addiction. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I am four years sober. By the power of the Holy Spirit, my marriage is saved. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I am empowered by His grace. By the power of the Holy Spirit, so much is possible. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I can keep putting one foot in front of the other and be happy. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I can accomplish anything that seems too hard for me alone. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I can feel the warm love of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I am inspired to dream. By the excuse me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, my child returned home after three years of silence. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I overcame sect Diction. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I know God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I find sustenance for my soul, peace for my mind, healing for my heart, and guidance for my life. You see, fans eventually get burnt out. They get burnt out from trying to live the Christian life out of their own efforts. If you are depending on your own strength to follow Christ, you will soon find yourself drained and frustrated and defeated like me in the airport. But Jesus promised His followers that the Spirit would be anointed upon them after He was raised in the clouds in power. Followers of Jesus understand that life is a journey that they never have to be alone. Instead, we, we keep in step with the Holy Spirit and He supernaturally gives us strength and the power we need. Amen? So as you leave today, I want you to think about this. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Finish that sentence. As you leave today and as you live this week, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it together. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, by the power of of the Holy Spirit. How will you finish that sentence? Dear God, we celebrate you. We celebrate your presence. We celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the advocate, the friend, the paraclete, Numa. We thank you for all the forms of the Holy Spirit. And we ask for your powerful anointing to be upon us. And we ask today, Lord, as we take Holy Communion, that, that you would work on our hearts and on our minds so that 
we could see how the power of the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. And, and Lord, if we have not taken that step, even if we believe we're Christians and we haven't taken the step to invite that Holy Spirit into our lives, give us the words to say. Give us the strength to be on our knees. Help us, Lord, recognize your presence in our lives. We love you, God. And all of God's people said,